0: 573 podcast i'm your host steven ebers and on this episode the 573 crew is behind the mics and we are discussing one of the hotter topics that's going on right now and that is the turkey population decline we get into it we share our opinions and i just want you guys to know before you get into this episode that these are our opinions this is not scientific fact it's just things that we see in the woods and we relate to our everyday hunting So I hope you guys enjoy, I hope you guys can agree on some things, maybe even disagree on some things, but either way, we want to hear your feedback on this episode and uh, what you took away from it. But also on this episode, we're going to talk about starting our spring food plots and uh, it seems to be pretty popular across the board that we're going to be doing clover plots this season with the 573 crew, but Travis brings a different perspective on a food plot that he had last year. That really did well. Seen a lot of good results, and I think you guys will be interested to hear about that. So, stay tuned. I think we got an interesting podcast for you. I hope you enjoy. Here we go.
1: Fifteen or more, you would hear fifteen or more birds gobble, and then other mornings, like the morning jakes and everything gobble on those weird mornings. Mm-hmm. You would just, you'd be like, oh my God, there's turkeys over here. There's turkey. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just, like, That's I'm just going to sit here because turkeys are coming here. Right. That's Eventually.
2: literally, yeah. I was just, like, I, there's no room to run. You can move a little bit over there, but it's like, they were, at my camera would go off at some point during the day, turkeys would come to that field, so I'm like, I'm just yeah. going to act like I'm deer hunting because it's close mm-hmm. and I don't have to move around. No, it just I'm worked. But years, like, that clover plot is two years old now. And before that, there was not that many birds over there. Like, I feel like
0: it really drew them in. All the bugs and shit. I think it helped. All right, we are rolling, and we've got majority of the 573 crew up in here. And before we get started, I think we should probably introduce each other around so you guys can put a, a voice with a name. So, first off, I'm the host, Steven Ebers, uh, Nick Scott, Casey Kimry, Austin Carter, Travis Owen. And we are um, post turkey season here in Missouri. I know there's still a, a few turkey seasons alive and well. We've got the Turkey Slayer out in Wisconsin doing some work down there or up there. And uh, we had a pretty good season, guys, um, all around. You know, you, you ask around a lot of folks in Missouri and other states, they're going to tell you that uh, the turkey population is declining, but, you know, with that being said, and I, I completely agree, um, it's it's been a good year for us. We've been very fortunate.
2: Yeah. Can't
3: complain. Completely. Pretty good year.
0: Yeah. yeah. Been,
4: been my my best year in, uh, in quite a few.
3: Yeah,
1: best year I've, I've had in a while. Best, yeah. best year I've had
0: in a while. We got a lot of, of footage this year that, you know, some spectacular hunts. And even though we were all pretty busy, I know you got in pretty late, Carter, with um, working down in Texas for a while, and then, uh, you know, Nick, you're working on a house, myself, I had a baby, so we've been crazy busy here on the 573, and and we've been able to get out there and do what we love so much, and now we're here to talk about it, you know, kind of a recap, kind of,
2: we haven't seen each other in a while,
0: I know, Yeah. Yeah. it's been a while since we've all gotten together, and I'm thinking we should stir the pot a little bit, I don't know about you guys. I kind of think that there's some things out there right now you're seeing on social media that, uh, that I think we should talk about because uh, I think that's what people want to talk about, and we have some pretty strong opinions. And I think that uh, maybe, maybe, maybe out of all those opinions, there might be something worthwhile being said in there. We're not scientists; we're never going to come. Uh, we're not going to claim to be, but you know, maybe it's just what we're seeing as hunters because I feel like we've got a finger on the pulse of what's going on out there in the woods.
3: I agree I think you're directing a lot of those hardcore opinions at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he you want to start the part about first? Yeah you know? well uh, I mean there's a lot to be said everybody's online complaining about you know this thing or that thing and most of it during turkey season is turkey numbers and everybody likes to blame you know Missouri Department of Conservation or or you know Predators, predators or whatever yeah, which, right. which which lack I, of trapping all that stuff. And yeah. and there's some validity to a lot of that stuff but yeah. um the biggest thing is like man I feel like there's a lot of people that just go out there and and they're hunting, they're killing one or two birds a year or they're not killing anything and then they complain cuz there's no turkeys but like you're not doing the work, you're not cutting, you know, uh I spent all winter clearing out invasives. I've spent, I just today, I've been uh, ring cutting a bunch of uh, hackberries so that my oaks can thrive. I've been, you know, trying to get rid of softwoods because they grow so fast that, that, you know, the oaks just can't keep up with it unless you're burning. Um, and a lot of those softwoods rot out more often than oaks. So you're getting, you know, coons and possums burrow, you know, burrows in there. You're getting, um, and, and with those dense, uh, areas you know those turkeys are getting ambushed. It's like they're walking through a, a tunnel that you know yeah. there's a million coyotes in there or bobcats or whatever that, in places that they can hide. So I mean, if you're not doing the work, even if I only own 20 acres and I think 10 of it is uh, is woods and. You know, I, I I can't change the world by myself, but I think everybody who owns an acre or ten acres or a hundred acres or a thousand acres, if you start doing some of that work to you know, get back to your hardwood, uh, you know, forests and and you know, quit quit clear cutting everything, but also you know you got to stay on top of your softwoods. I think is one of the bigger things that nobody really talks about. Um, and then you know, a lot of people want to say that it's you know we should go from a two bird season down to a one bird season but the only thing is you know whenever you lose stuff like that um, and I've had arguments with you know my own brothers and my dad or or uncles or whatever but I think whenever you go from a two bird season to a one bird season or a a three week season to a two week season I think you're you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot in the long run because even if you do all the work and you do get those birds back you're the chances of them bringing back those seasons right. are slim. Sorry, like they end up it's leaving it. Back. it. Right. It's the
4: same kind of thing they did, you know, when we had um, the large EHD breakout with deer. Right, they took our, you know, Missouri used to be a three buck state, mm-hmm. and it is no longer. And mm-hmm. you know, probably even won't. though the deer mm-hmm. have made a uh you know a, a bounce back um mm-hmm. in population size they you know there's no talk at all of bringing back the that i know of right personally the uh, of bringing back the three
3: bucks and most likely you, know. you won't you know? no, i mean yeah the, probably right. it, it, if we do see something like that it's not gonna be in our lifetimes most likely if in my opinion um but it, it's just and there's a lot of more a lot more factors that people uh you know don't think about i mean we've got We've got 75 plus invasive species in Missouri now I mean there's you know buffalo gnats alone I've had pet turkeys die from buffalo gnats I mean there's there's all sorts of different things that are in this environment now that used to not be and you know we're we're I feel like everybody's taking more because I mean obviously there's a a ton of people promoting um, hunting in the outdoor industry which is great but there's so many pe- new hunters that are getting into it, and they're they're we're kind of as a society we're in a take mood. You know, it, well, it's, it's very in
4: general. There's more people in the landscape too. You know, what right? I mean? I mean, population. You know, what is it like? Three people are born to every person died in the United States. Or I didn't something? know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a true fact, but I, I think I we're heard not scientists. About that one, Casey. Right? No, not scientists. <laughs> not scientists. I just I just know it seems like there's a lot of people right (laughs) so
0: I mean I've got a little bit of an opinion about the two birds instead of taking away another tag why don't we take away a bird like a, a jake for instance why don't we make it illegal to shoot jakes and I'm I mean, maybe not for the kids, you know. You yeah, don't get right. the kids yeah, involved, but, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, and it, that's
3: something I could, I could definitely, I could give get behind that, you know. Yeah. That ended
4: up that end up being like a four point rule. Yeah, Jared, right. that's helped Jared, exactly. a lot so of bearded hens. Missouri.
1: Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. No jakes, no bearded, no hens. no, no jakes, bearded, bearded hens, hens for, that for would help the for, for sure. the main portion. Youth yeah. season, let youths yeah. season, let youths yeah. season, let the youth, yeah, do what do what they want. Get them in. They're what's going to get them hooked is harvesting a harvesting a bird, or or a deer or whatever they're they're out there harvesting um but if they're out there and they're not being able to shoot anything they're not gonna be interested. they're not, they're not right. going to be interested
3: and, and another thing you know everybody's so quick to say like let's just get rid of a bird or you know get rid of a tag and you know i i'm not going to be for that um probably ever because i think in, we're seeing right now that obviously we had good seasons um, most of us kill two birds, but we also have multiple good spots to go. Um, and I, you know, if somebody wanted to say you can only kill you know one bird in one county, and then you got to go to a different
0: county, I could see that. That was something that Oklahoma tried yeah. for a while, and then now they're a one-bird state. Yeah, so, I'm, so yeah, I'm, I'm it, almost it used to be three birds, yeah, it didn't it? Birds. You used to be able to kill yeah.
1: three birds. When I went out to Oklahoma, you killed three birds. Some counties were two bird units, and other counties were one bird. And I recently heard that the whole state is one bird. That's right. Yeah, that recently now.
0: changed just here in the that's 2020 season. That's, that's
1: big. Yeah, but you could shoot all, or you could shoot. Say you were in a two bird county, you could shoot two birds in one shot.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dang. Missouri
1: here at least you can only kill one bird the first week and then right. second and third week you can kill two birds but not in the same day.
4: And right. You're saying like I don't think that hammer home the problem you know I mean and we were looking at the numbers earlier what was it you know to 36 thousand birds or whatever harvested in missouri i don't think that those were from eighteen thousand hunters i don't think everybody had a two bird season i mean no. for me i can tell you in the past 10 years i've had two two bird seasons i you know a lot of years i'm a single bird guy and that's all i get i do hunt for my second bird right but i don't you know i don't end up getting the same way with the deer thing you know when we were a three deer state i, uh, I hardly killed to, two deer yeah i mean i killed i killed i filled all three tags one year when i did that so I talked to a conservation agent and he was like, Man, that's awesome because he's like I probably only, you know, in our area he's probably I probably only know ten people that, you know, have done that. You know, that you know, that actually they get that done, you right. know. The year was, they
0: took that
2: tag away, um I we were talking to Spurgeon at the bow shop that yeah, night. And yeah. he, I think he said there was thirteen deer that got killed or 13, 13 hunters that killed their three bucks that year <sighs> and then they took it away. So that's only saving And that was the year I 13, thirteen deer. Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they took it they took that opportunity away for to save just that you Right. Know. And
3: now we're and now we're to like peak numbers again. Yeah, yeah. You know?
0: And I know this is just, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but I'm curious. The same year that they took away the three buck or yeah, the three antler deer, they brought the crossbow in. So I don't know what those numbers would have mm-hmm. looked like with crossbows. Yeah. I don't know. Because we down. didn't get to see that. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um but You know, back to the turkeys and, and, you know, our opinions about maybe what you can and can't do. You know, I think self-control is a big factor. You know, I'm I'm a landowner. You know, Travis, you're a landowner. Carter, you're a landowner. We have some landowners here, and and I would never take more birds off than I thought would make that habitat less for turkeys. Right, exactly. So, So... for instance, you know, I, I shot I shot a bird off my property this year, but um, if I if that would have been in the first day of the season, I wouldn't have hunted my property again. I would have went somewhere else, and I and I've I hunt all over the state. You know, I hunt North Missouri, South Missouri, so I try to limit myself killing a bunch of birds in one area. And I take people hunting too, and they kill birds and i don't take them to the if a bird dies in one area we and i there's not good numbers there i go to a different area right yeah. and i do. I agree with that 100 because i
3: and i killed so i killed uh one of my birds um around my house uh it wasn't on my land it was on some land i have permission on but there's a lease that backs up to it that's it's like 450 acres uh and Man, it used to be there was there was some guys that leased it in the fall for deer hunting, and there was three guys that leased it for in the spring for turkey hunting. And this year, the deer hunters and the turkey hunters both hunted it in the springtime, and they brought you know they brought their buddies with them, which you know everybody wants to do. But they they all split up, went for different birds. So so now instead of having a total of Six total birds off that 450 acres that can be taken. Now there's you know ten guys and their buddies hunting it, and so I and whenever I took a bird off, you know, then the neighboring property that I had permission on, you know, I I I got that done um, opening day, luckily. But after that, I was like, I you know there was trucks in there almost every day. I was like, I don't, I'm not gonna take another bird off here just because. You know, yeah, I only took one, but there could be. I mean,
1: how many did the neighbors? Yeah, take? how many? You know, how, how many, many did artists? they
3: take? You know, seven, ten? Did they all kill birds? Did yeah. Did only one of them kill? And you know, I don't. That's where neighbor relationships are pretty good, but also, you know, if there's ten guys on a lease, not all those guys are going to talk back and forth together every single day, and you know, they might not know how many birds are taken off that. So, right, um, and especially in that situation where there was the three guys that always leased it for turkey hunting and then the other guys that uh, leased it during deer season. Those two guys are two different, totally different hunting groups. So, you know, who knows how many birds were were shot over there? So it's you can't just think, you know, how many birds am I taking off the landscape? you got to think about, you know, is it sustainable for me to take my bird off and then are all these, you know... Are my neighbors gonna be thinking about it in an ethical way? And you know that's a conversation you gotta have with your neighbors. Um, but I, I only ever ran into I was driving by and I saw uh, one of, the, I thought it was um, my buddy that had that turkey lease, and it was one of the deer hunters' buddies that I and I walked out there, took pictures for him, talked for a little bit, and you know. Cut up, but and and you know you don't ever want to be rude to somebody or whatever. But it was just something in the back of my mind, like man, you know now. Not only is there you know those three hunters, which is no big deal on 450 acres, but there's maybe 10 hunters plus however many friends they bring in. So, and it was just in the back that all turkey season I kind of thought about that. I was like, man, I hope you know. I hope that it's gonna be all right you know and and not because on my mom and dad's we me and both my brothers and my dad all four of us we'd kill either a bird or some of us would kill two birds off the same property every year you know that's four to eight birds every year and then there was a time where we had a three-year dry spell where there wasn't a bird killed off that property I think you learn from that, too. Like, you yeah. guys
0: don't just go in there and do that anymore. Right, yeah. You no. guys, you know, converse with each other because you have that ability um, to just have a game plan going into the season. And, and you know, you can't really, you know, we're, we're speaking to more of the private land hunters at this point right now because, you know, when you're on public land, if you're a public land guy and you hear a gobble – you're going to kill that bird. Yeah, I mean, I mean at that point, amen. yeah. If you if you <laughs> sure. don't kill it,
3: you know there's there's a half a dozen other guys that are going to yeah. show up tomorrow.
0: Yeah. 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 Or I mean, you're not going to get a shot at a bird right. if that's yeah. all you can hunt. Right. Right. So I you feel like we're speaking a lot to the private landowners because, you know, you want to see an increase in numbers. You know, I like what you said with the you know habitat management is something that I think we should all. Look into doing self control, you know, just like managing, you know, big for big bucks. You want to manage for for turkey numbers, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. This might I I have to hear what you guys think, but this is kind of an opinion I formulated myself thinking about it. Just because this year was my first year taking any youth hunters, and we had some really good success, like really really good success. It was very very action packed. It was way different than a Missouri hunt I've ever been on, and how easily these birds were to call in and the fact of the matter was that most of these toms if they were with hens they were the they were the dominant tom they were the tom that was breeding all of these hens and sometimes if you kill that tom it can be havoc for these hens to get bred throughout the season and i'm wondering and i'm thinking to myself you know if we if we push that you season closer to the regular season like the weekend before, we always start on a Monday, right? Mm-hmm. So why couldn't we just push that seat, you know, that weekend before opening day and give the turkey some time? Because I mean, years ago, you know, Missouri did this based off of the science that they were seeing. They were pushing the season back. Yeah, to make sure the- most of the hens got bred exactly. before the season even started. Right. Exactly, and I think you know, I don't know the I know the youth hunters probably don't kill that many turkeys but of the turkeys they kill how much are the ones that are the ones doing the main breeding right right, yep. right. I've,
1: I've hunted a lot a lot of youth seasons in the past taking kids
0: right
1: and by far it's youth season is the best time to call in birds i've called in I mean, their numbers used to be better around 2010 and stuff like that. Like those time frames. A lot lot better turkey numbers. But it was nothing to go out and I could set a decoy out and 600 yards across this field, the birds could be on the other side of the field and there could be three gobblers (laughs) and 20 hens because we had that many turkeys then. And... I could just soft call at them and I could bring the entire flock across that field into 20 yards during use season. There's no way that you can do that in regular season or at least I've never done that in regular turkey season before.
3: The most birds I ever called in were was like this year probably a month before season I went shed hunting and I called probably 50 birds across the field, and all of them were jakes and hens, but that was one of the coolest things. All
1: right, Travis. I want to go back to some of the habitat management. I am going to reflect back on my turkey season on all the habitat management, like the TSI and the honeysuckle and your softwoods, just all of that improvement and stuff for timber, clearing stuff up. Um, My experience this year with turkey hunting, was totally opposite from everybody's like you need to do this that's what's good for the birds what, what is it that you did what i the properties that i was hunting yeah what was have not been touched all grown up honeysuckle thick nasty really timber creeks just you do you i mean it's what everybody's getting away from like cleaning all this stuff up and a lot of the places that I was finding these turkeys were the neighboring property to all of the properties that have had this work. And those birds, they might be going over there in the day and scratching around and doing this, but it seemed like to me they wanted to be in that thicker stuff. That's their their net. I feel like they're nesting in that.
3: Well, they might be nesting. They're in nesting it. I'd in agree that.
1: With that. Um, but it was. It didn't matter. We were down in the hills in. Uh, between 70 and Herman down there in the hills hunting. The farm we hunted was completely TSI'd. Looked awesome. Food, nice green food plot up on top of a ridge. Where were the birds? On the next ridge. Thick, nasty on the neighbors.
3: Wow. Um, Which a lot of the times those birds will ride those lines as far as, and not necessarily that they're going for, you know, the invasives, but they, anywhere where... uh, where land University. changes they ride those lines a lot so if you have you know a uh, wheat field and then dense oak timber and then right next to that there's like a bunch of you know uh oaks and and cedars and stuff sometimes so a lot of the times that's why like everybody talks about like the birds always on your neighbor mm-hmm. and it's a lot of the time it's because there's all those Um, land changes are right there on the property lines because everybody's doing something different. And so they do end up being on somebody else's. But, sorry. This is a
1: prime example. I got a buddy that they have 40 acres and over the past three years, they've got this 40 acres. All but like five acres of it has been TSI'd now. Mm -hmm. There's usually three or four birds roosted in there. In this area has got some of the best turkey numbers still around that like around here for right. us and all the birds were roosted off the back side of this property what has not been touched there was one bird roosted in the five acres that had not been touched on that property hmm. and i have had permission on other properties that i'm like man i one of these days i want to be able to hunt that property so i lose permission on this piece but i gained for permission on the piece that i want to hunt right and they've been doing work and stuff on their property and now all the birds are back where i have always been able to hunt right it just it no no matter where i went this year i was hunting around property that had had work done and then property that hadn't and it just seemed like the birds were always on the untouched property. I'm for, I wanna I want to clear up, I wanna get honeysuckle out of the way.
0: Right, so one question that comes to mind is, how long had it been since that work had been done?
1: Anywhere from the property I killed, the, the neighboring property where I killed my bird at this year, that's probably one of the earliest TSI properties I've done. I wanna say six, Years ago, maybe even longer. And that property we've killed several turkeys off of prior to TSIing. Right. And it's good. The turkeys are in there like one I feel like once it once it starts to get thicker Mm -hmm. in there over years, they are in there nesting. But it just it was weird. I just kept putting it together every place I went. I was like, man, all the turkeys used to be over here. Now they're on this property and it was just related to every property that had work done to it
4: mm-hmm. man this is mind-blowing to me and i don't know if anybody else is putting this together like i am and the way i'm looking at it as you're talking right now nick and i'm going man 2006 2007 turkey numbers just you know blown awesome you know i'm calling them birds left and right and everything also i feel like around that time a heavy push for Drury videos, Mark Drury promoting, you know, his, you know, all his land management techniques. um, Dr. Grant Wood's show on, you know, YouTube becoming big, all this stuff. And then you got the next 14 years of people just growing TSI land management, which, I mean, some, a lot of people probably do do it for turkeys too, but all in whole through our state i feel like that is mainly focused towards deer yeah, yeah. for and sure man when you say that that just man makes my wheels spin in my brain you know i'm trying i'm putting that together like you're saying that all these properties that are you know have all this tsi going on and all this cutting and everything and and the birds aren't there that man I'm,
2: I'm what do mean, you guys
4: think anybody else think that well, like, well yeah the deer, talking, the just, deer like
2: a lot more rank cover the the thicker the better for a deer they can get in there and hide a turkey doesn't want it they're not they nest in a certain place they you know strut in a certain place they have their babies you know you need uh broodering habitat is the big thing for turkeys and 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 everybody brush hogging every square piece does not leave broodering habitat that is the biggest thing i know a lot of us have put in clover plots that's awesome you know the clover is going to help That's where the chicks are going to eat all their uh, insects and all that stuff at. It was just something. I I
1: hunted probably 10 or more different spots this year, and every single spot had some of the similarities to it of land management, habitat management, and stuff done. And it just, it was like, it didn't take me very long. Like, I, I hunted four different spots opening day, and the birds were all doing the same thing and a couple of days in the season I was just sitting there waiting for daybreak to get there I'm sitting there listening to birds gobbling on the tree and I was just rolling through my mind I'm like just something just like a light switch flipped and I was like all of these turkeys are away from where everybody's managing for them I'm for the management 100% I just found it weird that's just well, my, that was my season right there that's just how it was
0: and I think that perspective is needed because you know some guy or gal out there who's doing management and not seeing the results, you know, can probably relate to that. I and mean, I, I know Travis has got some additional. I, so
3: comments. part part of that, uh, for like TSI, it's definitely geared towards deer. And Jaron, uh, our buddy Jaron, he did a lot of TSI behind his house, and he was talking about how he was kind of surprised that he saw some birds in there. What was it a couple of years ago or whatever? But and that I think that is. The, the thing is, like, our TSI and stuff is geared towards deer and, and we like to leave, you know, dense treetops and stuff, you know, felled and, and left alone or burned later or whatever. And I think that part of that, part of what you're maybe seeing is, like you said, some of it's earlier in the season, so they kind of want some more cover because there's no leaves yet. And then later in the season, they're moving to those other places. But I think part of it also is, um, you know, 2007 to 2006, that's really when we started seeing these invasives, you know, kind of starting to move in. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe where we're doing TSI and kind of, it's pretty drastic changes. You know, those oh, were gradual time. changes. You know, yeah. you get a few seeds and then it's growing and growing and growing. And then finally now it's a tangle and, and a mess. But I think whenever we go through, you know, we're doing drastic changes. We're ripping out, you know, 300 by 300 you know, yard areas of this brush and it, it changes so drastically you're changing all the tree types, um, Pretty quick because you're chopping all, you know, your your softwoods, your hackberries, you know, all that that isn't really uh, uh, food-producing um, uh, trees or, or foliage. And so, whenever you're seeing those TSI areas, it, it takes a long time for an oak to grow, you know, and mm-hmm. and so you're never really doing everything for next season. You're doing it for, like, whenever I'm clearing out my woods, I'm clearing it out for 10, 15, 20 years down the road so that when whenever my boy grows up, you know, we will maybe have some turkeys in, mm-hmm. in our woods. And I think, like I said, I think maybe, because I, I hunted a lot of places that were just grown-up tangles. There's honeysuckle, there's honeysuckle bush, there's... Uh, that wild grapevines on everything. I mean it's just disgusting in there. And there wasn't a there, was a, there is, a, is a 200 acre farm I got permission on. And I never did see a turkey on there. I've seen a hen roost there every once in a while, but there's a lot of coons. There's a lot of coyotes in there. and they were all on the neighbors to the either the north or the south. The south they never do anything with, um, but it's not as grown up as the farm that I'm on. And then the farm to the north, is a lease and they burn it it's i mean oak oak woods and there's not very much underbrush i mean and and there's birds all over there too um but and i think the oak woods is where i think we want to end up and i think the the that southern farm that is kind of grown up but not as bad as the the middle farm i think that's you know ideal for present day because that's the best they've got right that's the best that's one of the best that they have right now besides the oak farm but it's and but it's a lot better than the middle farm which has not been touched for you know 40 plus years and now it's so overgrown that there's nothing that isn't a predator that can live in there
0: besides deer yeah i want to say one thing and that is that there has to be a happy medium i think what's good for a deer it's not always good for a turkey. I think you have to keep both of those in mind uh, whenever you are doing habitat changes. Carter, I want um, we, we've kind of squashed this uh, you know habitat management a little bit. I want you to have the final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts about habitat management because I know you and Brady are pretty close. Brady works yeah, with the MDC and he might have taught you some things
2: that... Yeah, I wish Brady was here because he would have some better input. Yeah, he'd on shut us this. all up probably. <laughs> <laughs> now, or Jaren. I mean, Jaren, Jaren's those good two. Too. Or... Uh, Gosh, dang it. Jordan. Uh, those three guys would probably educate all of us here. But I agree with what you said, uh, Stephen, about there's different habitat for different things. And the like the TSI, I did a bunch of TSI back here. And at my dad's house, I did a big clear cut. And everything I was kind of geared towards is deer, but I also want my dad's house. There's turkeys close there. They're not on his property. And basically his property is a closed canopy oak woods, and that's what it has been and always is. So we did a one-acre clear cut out there, basically trying to promote more low vegetation growth and nesting habitat uh, to get them in there. And there's plenty of cropland around. You know they can go out into and strut and do their thing, the open area. But just getting low, uh, low growth and, and that kind of thing. So,
0: and and another great point you came up with, and uh, I think this should be a really a selling point, isn't the fact that just because you're hearing gobblers on the neighbors is affecting the turkey population? This habitat management is used to keep broods and nests safe while they're growing until they can get to the point where they can fly up in a tree and their survival increases tenfold you know yeah so it's yeah. not just about having the gobblers on your side of the fence it's about increasing the turkey numbers and the best way to do that is to keep the ones that are getting born safe 100 percent,
2: yeah yeah No, the, nobody cares about the time in the tree he needs to grow right. or <laughs> he can go wherever right uh, you got to keep mama and the chick safe so that's, I think that's the biggest thing is gear your habitat management in that direction. I seen, I read it, it was uh, Mossy Oak something, Mossy Oak Properties had a really good article talking about, and it was talking about broodery and habitat about like people, and I am 100% guilty. You want your clover plots to look like a golf course and 100% clover and lush, and basically let them, they were saying, like, let them grow up. Uh, and get a little, uh, not so much rank and thick, but just taller, uh, a little more, instead of one clover plot, the same height all the way through and just so thick, let them get a little woolly and bushy and kind of grow out of control as long as your grasses don't take over because we obviously, grass is the biggest contributor to a shitty clover plot, but uh, let them grow up and then that just gives the the birds more spots to hide and kind of live in versus just looking at a nice, beautiful clover plot. So as hard as it is uh, to not mow them, (laughs) I've been trying not to mow them as often uh, and keep them slicked up, but uh, it's something to think about.
0: I think we should touch on that anyways, um, just because it's that time of the year. I know there's a lot of fall food plots that are planted in August, but Carter, you seem to have a lot of luck with clover plots, and we're kind of transitioning here a little bit because – you know, turkey season is ending, you know, we like to talk about turkeys and what we can do for them, but at the same time, you know, it's getting into that point of the year where we're planting food plots, we're getting our minds set on deer hunting too. But yeah. I think clover plots are one of those things that that are really beneficial for both. Right. And the person that I've seen sitting at this table with the most success with the clover plot is you, Carter. So I'm curious, you know, um, a little bit about that. I think people want to know how to make that perfect cl- uh, clover plot so that they can have deer and turkey in it, and uh, how, how you go about it.
2: Well, it costs you some money. <laughs> <laughs> Fertilizer, boys. Uh, yeah. That, that was cheap. No. Um, this is a Brady Lichtenberg recipe, and I like clover because you plant it once and you get to enjoy that plot for years and years and years. And me and Nick had a great talk before we started recording or whatever but so from basically how we planted them and brady's taught me was just go through spray out whatever's growing Uh, i mean if there's clover in a field sorry use glyphosate or roundup whatever kill it out uh i mean kim did all your plots at your dad's house this way and they're coming in good Mm -hmm. spray it out wait an hour go eat lunch let the glyphosate dry and then seed it right away. Uh, and usually this is in like uh, anywhere from a foot to two foot tall. You don't want it to be too dense, but seed it, fertilize it, and then take a harrow or something and just knock it down, get it kind of laid over, um, and then wait. Don't get excited the first year because it's probably not going to be that wonderful. Um, and then they'll come up. And then I think the fur. I just said don't mow your clover plot. I would mow the hell out of it the first year uh, just to keep the weeds out and then spray. Um, I use volunteer but there's a bunch of other um what do they call herbicide that's specific for grass
0: yeah uh clefidim I think yeah is one of those I don't know what volunteer is is that just like a brand name yeah, yeah. volunteer is yeah. just a brand so just brand. ingredients just, yeah. inside it or yeah Some probably thing. something like clefidim I would mm-hmm. imagine but,
2: uh, herbicide specific for killing grasses not broadleaf uh just keep it sprayed out and then and then fertilize it uh don't fertilize it too much because it'll grow too fast (laughs) or or burn it or burn it yeah Yeah. i haven't had any bad luck burning it but that's uh pretty i mean and i like it it, it's just easy and then it's there all year
0: when you i don't know if you mentioned this already but when you said you were um, doing all the things you were doing to develop a clover plot what time of year are you doing that
2: um so if i had to do it if it was perfect you would spray it in about uh late november or october but nobody does because we're all chasing deer and you're not going to want to go drive around and spraying stuff on your free you know the night you get off early from work or the weekend you're chasing bucks so usually wait until the spring uh you're itching when as soon as the sun comes out and there's green as soon as something starts greening up uh in the in the spring we call it frost seeding but Really, realistically, I'm probably too late every year for an actual frost seeding. But spray it then, and then plant it, um, or you can do it in October. Would be better. But
0: so you mentioned fertilizer being something that really helps the clover plots get going. Um, yeah. What what fertilizer do you use?
2: Um, you can if you can find a no nitrogen fertilizer is good, but most of the time. Uh, if you buy a bag fertilizer like six twenty four twenty four is about the lowest nitrogen. You don't need nitrogen on clover because it produces its own. So there's basically you're just saving your money on on not putting nitrogen on it. You can uh, put more um, potassium and what's the other one? Yeah, it's is potash potassium, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
0: and then uh, phosphorus. 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 A- NPK, whatever that stands for. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, but yeah, we sound like idiots now, but (laughs) uh, low nitrogen fertilizer, uh, crank it to it and it'll grow. Um, and then keep it mowed the first year cause, uh, I did one for my uncle. Um, he doesn't listen to this so I can dog on him. We (laughs) bought the, bought the spray, bought the fur and, and we call it clover plots. I always do alfalfa, white and red clover and then chicory haven't had much luck on the alfalfa growing but we put it in there because they i like a, a blend but we put all his in sprayed it out planted it it was starting to grow really good and then we he just didn't get down to mow it that year and it just overgrew with grass so we ended up mowing it like right before um deer season in october and then it like started to make a comeback and we're like all right if we keep it mowed up it'll do good and then that we had like a warm spring and then the grass took it over again so I think it's important to keep it keep the grass out the first year. Okay. And then after that it kind of comes up. I say that my plot back here is like 4 or 5 years old now. I was gone in Texas for 6 weeks. I came home to a fescue field with slight clover in it. Ooh. So, it got sprayed in mode, but I checked on it tonight and it's looking like it's it'll be all right, but it's not as pretty as i like it to be. It
1: <laughs> doesn't work for everybody that way because I have done it completely opposite. Yeah, I'd like right. to hear how you did it, Nick. Yeah, let's uh, hear Nick. I feel
3: like Nick's just the, am, the opposite well, I'm, guy. I'm, I gotta be different. Like, like, gotta be let different. me tell you how I do it. <laughs>
1: I got lucky is what happened. I had a little free time in July and I had a five foot tiller. I went in, I tilled up a big old weed patch or about an acre and a half weed patch and had some clover seed went in threw it down had a portable generator had a p- lake nearby 300 foot of garden hose a sump pump and a sprinkler and i watered that some bitch for like <laughs> three days non-stop i had a five gallon gas can sitting out by my generator if it died i just went out and put more gas in it and moved the sprinkler and clover plot came up great uh first year first year nice it didn't, it didn't get overly tall, but it was nice yeah, and but thick. It was thick. It was a good thick clover plot. Never mowed it once.
0: What time of year did you plant? Uh, first, week of July. July. first week of July. Sorry, Hot, I say and,
1: that. hot and dry. Hot. I yeah. watered the crap out of it. I wanted to get they, those seeds. You watered it all day? All day and all night. My generator wow. ran continuously
4: for That's three commitment. days. Dedication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows why he's got the 190 on the yeah, wall. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's when I
1: had time to do it and I was like, yeah, if I'm going to do you, it this buddy. time of year, you, you got gotta to get water to it. Year. Those seeds, I mean, some of the seeds may not even have grown until, started growing until the fall when it actually got some rain on it. Right. Because I hear they're super hard. Clover seeds are super hard and they'll, they'll sit down there and that's why everybody frost seeded so they get a lot of moisture, hmm. but didn't, didn't do anything with it. Looked good. Look good in the wintertime. Picked up a little six point set shed right nice. beside it, not 20 Jesus yards Christ. off of it. <laughs> um, scared an armadillo out of it
2: (laughs) armadillo habitat
1: (laughs) went back in this year i had a little little bit more time so i bought some more clover seed i bought some uh white ladino i bought some crimson and i bought some alfalfa and i put two pounds alfalfa a pound of crimson and a pound of ladino and i only did the ladino where i had already had ladino so i got Half of the food plot is just pure white ladino, and the other half was going to be ladino, crimson, and alfalfa. All I've seen in my, my one from last year, I mowed it yesterday, and it was phenomenal. Three big deer beds in it, saw a couple bucks nice. that day nice. there. Um, it was probably two foot tall, way too tall. I shouldn't have let it get that tall. But I mowed it, and then my other clover plot, I just kinda of took the weeds out of it, but there's a lot of clover coming up, but it all looks like know there too. So I don't know if I had anything else come yeah. up or not, but
2: Yep. Yeah, I pre- primarily only see the white pop in mine too. And, yeah. I, do the... and um,
1: I put some potash and PK on it or
3: I'm so new to this. <laughs> I just I I, <laughs> had, I, I, I yeah. had I had
1: a buddy get me a bucket of fertilizer for the garden, and I didn't. Yeah. I had a bucket of nitrogen, and I had a bucket of potash and phosphate or whatever the other yeah. shit is. And I was like, "We're not scientists." Um, <laughs> I'm gonna mix a little bit together, and I'm gonna take my little broadcast cedar out and put some fertilizer on there, and that's, that's all I did to it. And I'm gonna do that again this year.
2: You were talking about you reseeded it. I always do that. Yeah, and it's
1: my good plot that I seeded with clover last year, the half. I Well, last year I did half of it with clover, and then I did the other half with rapes and turnips and stuff, like way early to plant those type of things. But what did come back of those, I left half of it because they're like four foot tall and blooms and – Seeds and everything, so I'm like, maybe they'll just naturally reseed themselves. Off your turnips, well. yeah,
2: yeah. I they look seed. like look like little pea pods hanging off of the yeah. stems. I have never, I did turnips this year, just right here where I'd always do my uh, dove fields, just so I didn't have bare dirt all winter. And turnips grew great, but they did that. They like resprouted them, like, and it, I'd never seen that little before. yellow flowers yeah. and little. And they got real tall, it. like on stalks. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked. It, yeah. cool. I I just it. I like money,
1: left it as like a, uh, like a screen like for turning. my f- food plot. I was like, well, yeah. if they drop the seeds and the seeds grow, then I'll have a little bit of turnips and yeah. whatever yeah. turnips, radishes, or rapes, whatever whatever's growing. I,
3: so what I just kind of just, I just kind of let it
2: fly. That's
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Try it out, and see what works. That's what I. Th- that's what I enjoy the most about but. food plots in general or habitat management is is doing something and then watching and seeing how it works. Yeah. And like this year with the the I did a bunch of TSI back here at Dad's. It was just a clear cut, but it was kind of like we'll see what happens and then i went back there the other day i was mowing my clover like i said and there was deer beds in it so i'm like all right cool like it's yeah. it's working they're liking it so the, it the only reason i ever yeah. even did a f- clover food plot is because of you carter yeah. you had well, this I would love...
1: beautiful food plot and i was like well i got time in july i'm gonna put it in and i'm gonna water it and see if it grows it looks
2: good and travis can video big deer in it but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to kill one out of it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I gotta say that. I mean, that buck, he seemed uh, like he was really enjoying he it. He enjoyed it. Yeah. He
2: enjoyed it every night uh, for like all summer and a month, and then I still didn't kill him. So I've got that's awkward.
3: I've got uh, five acres right behind my house that I'm I'm gonna dedicate to uh, purely just a food plot, and um, clover is gonna be in there. I don't know if I might try to put some alfalfa in it. But uh, one thing I'm definitely going to do, just because I saw my father-in-law do it, and we killed like three bucks, I think, last year, um, together, me and him. And uh, it was all over canola, and he's, got, he's still got a bunch of seed. And it's free. Oh, shit, and I'm gonna plant it yep. right behind my would house.
1: Definitely do that after what yeah, hearing, your, hearing all your
2: stories. Your oh, and you found a bunch of sheds in there. Yeah, I right? found
3: I found some sheds in there, a uh, couple sets, and then uh, I don't know, who was it? Was it you that came over to my father in law's? Or I so, came over there and seen the whole plot. Okay, yeah, yeah, and just it, it was just nipped off everywhere, man. It was That's just awesome. like just cool. long stalks. Long stalks because they just ate all the leaves. I so mean, so
2: what? I don't know what canola looks like. Is that like a big, like a broad leaf?
3: Yeah, it's a big broad leaf plant. It it uh, gets about a stalk that's probably anywhere from a quarter or from quarter inch to an inch thick, and it grows up. uh, I mean, if you planted it earlier than what we did, we planted it in like, man, it was like mid to late August, and some of that stuff got you know belly button height. And I bet you it could probably get up to chest height if you planted it earlier. But I think August is probably the best time to plant it just because, I think, with the fact that it was very um, tender sprouts, you know, it was young plants, I think that probably helped us out. But they they fed on it a lot in early season, a lot in the middle season, and it didn't frost out until January. I mean, it, it didn't turn yellow till January, and and it we hit a few of those you know negative days, and finally it started turning yellow. But it was green, I mean, very green up until that point, and um, it seemed like where we burn off a little bit uh, on because we planted it in two different two different uh, on two different farms, and uh, one of the farms we burnt an area and we planted that, and it seemed like the deer hit that way harder than they hit it where we didn't burn it. So I don't know if it made it sweet, you know, made it sweeter or maybe it was just more nutritious or what, but it was, we planned or we burnt the top of this hill. And then there's like, there's like uh, two tree lines that kind of make a little cove and we planted it in that cove too, which they had more security or, or, uh, you know, it was Cut. more, more, yeah, it was more private, um, than the top of that hill, and they still ate on top of that hill more. So I don't know um, if burning it off right there had something to do with it, or maybe they just felt more comfortable on the top of the hill. But I I did that's where I killed my buck. That's where my father in law killed one of his bucks. And then um, I think he killed another one over at the other farm that we planted it at in the same patch. So um, So the move is it's canola. Dude, I, <laughs> Apparently, from
2: what, till your clover plots up and plant canola. Well, boys. well, he got
3: he got all that canola seed uh, free somehow. I never even heard of that until. I, well, we hadn't either. Somebody said somebody called him and he gets like uh, wholesale stuff. I don't know, uh, but it's basically stuff that I think they want rid. Some company wants rid of, and and uh, if they don't give it away, they trash it or whatever. And this guy called him up. He's like, hey, do you want some canola seed? My father-in-law being my father-in-law, he said, oh, I've been looking for some canola seed.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking on the internet for some canola
3: seed. (laughs) And so he hangs up. He's like, have you ever heard of canola? I was like, I mean, I've heard of canola oil. So speaking of
2: shit you don't ever hear about or know about, when we were in Texas, like we go to Walmart here and they got deer corn, you know, bagged up. We were down there, and they had uh, cotton seed in bags, just in like all the farm and home stores. And that was because you can bait in Texas, and that's what everybody like baited with was cottonseed. And apparently, it's got a, a a bunch of protein, like super high protein. Uh, huh. And that's what well, they that's were. what
3: this canola is. It's super high protein. That's what too. They're,
2: like that was the thing. Like if you went into a, a Walmart or uh, they had um, Atwoods down there instead of like Orslands. right? Uh, but that's what they had. Huh. Down there, yeah, kind of wild. Just
0: the seed itself. That oh. they, even, I'd never or did hope they plant it, and then that's what. They no, did they? I think
2: it was like a. I think it was like an attracting, like a corn out corn. Yeah, I think oh, it was okay. the same as pouring out corn. Yeah, because corn is a seed. So wow. I think it was the same. And, them,
4: but, but, but
3: I feel like it'd be pretty hard for a deer to chew through a, a fluff of. Cotton. Yeah, yeah cotton no, I don't think it was seed. the fluff of cotton. I think it was right. just a seed. Right, yeah. but as far as like in Missouri. You couldn't really I don't know if you could plan it and have anything oh attracted and grow to it. It yeah I got cousins
4: works, in yeah. Arkansas well my wife's got cousins in Arkansas then I've heard of they've talked about deer eating eating
2: cotton uh, or whatever yeah. stuff I don't know It was new to me I didn't know yeah no that's, yeah we
4: don't got I don't see no cotton fields up here there's some in southern Missouri
3: I'm probably, know, that, yeah. probably down there, there probably
2: is. yeah down in the boot hill yeah that morning.
3: was a good time that was some strange country down there that was nice I really yeah. enjoyed that that was, that was fun even though it's like the most expensive ducks I've ever killed in my life <laughs> we boiled it down it was like, like 35 bucks a duck yeah. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> did
1: you guys stay in the motel that had the bar in the parking lot no no well, we, that sounds we, like a we great did deal. that that was a bad
2: deal that
1: sounds it way better way than leaving my ducks.
0: house at
2: 11 Ten thirty oh to pick gosh. Trav up to go shoot four ducks to drive all the way home and get home at like five o'clock. You ever, you
1: ever heard a heard a head? It's T O W H E D. head beer? We never heard of either <laughs> <laughs> it
4: either. I would There were ducks. They were ducks. They uh, had to come get
1: my pill back from me. I forgot to turn it back in. They started wading out in the water to us. When we were out. Oh <laughs> yeah! Saying, they went and, like, and they're no. like, oh, I'm like, oh shit! So I fucking turn going back out like just chuck it at him, gave it, gave him that's all they wanted <laughs> sorry guys we had a rough night <laughs> we killed like two ducks it was terrible
3: uh, well that's <laughs> kind of how we though. did we killed five I think yeah. all we wanted
1: to do was hunt a cypress flat and same
2: or timber and same didn't happen we hunted a cornfield <laughs> Travis, said, Travis said we gotta go to the timber hole Travis, this whole fucking place is a timber hole. Dude, we found
3: that out <laughs> later. I had never been down there. We got in there, and I was like, dude, dude, I just remember the hours just went by so slow. Because usually... Otter oh, Loop? No, we went to uh, Duck, Duck Creek. Duck Creek. And well, we were like in problem. a time warp. Dude, it was like... Somebody's like, man, weird. what time is it? We probably need to be getting out of here. I checked my watch. Like it was like twelve minutes. It was like eight thirty. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that was a
0: weird experience. That was a weird experience. Was it was fun. Leave it to Travis to always bring up ducks oh, when we're talking weird. about food plots and turkeys. <laughs> you got to. You gotta love it, man. That's why speaking we keep
3: it. Speaking of <laughs>
2: speaking of actual food plots and turkeys.
3: Ooh, and ducks. I got, I got, I got something important. We were
2: talking about, that. or Travis was talking about people not killing birds and bitching, and I am all about. It's not luck. It's there was a saying about like luck comes to who those are who are prepared, and the I had an awesome turkey season. I got uh, the old lady got to kill a bird, first bird ever, like, and it was birds just came to this clover plot. And in years past, I've hunted over there and you might hear one or two birds and it's the opposite of what Nick's saying. I started planting clover and putting in milo plots over there and all of a sudden now the birds instead of being over on Mike Scott's little piece of heaven I drew a few of them over this way and they just started hanging out in that area more a, and it's 100% related to habitat management and doing work and in making an area more friendly for them. Uh, so Put the work in and it'll come. It like it helps.
3: I think yeah. there's two parts to, to habitat management. There's pro whatever species you're going after and then anti whatever is a predator of those species. So yeah, right I mean sure. if, if you're if you're planting something for uh you know, a uh, uh, turkey, you cut down a hollow tree. You know yeah. it's so uh, and and i don't know what the ratio needs and, to be on that and that too i
2: also trap the hell out of that property too right so i'm kind of and it's inadvertently it's not like I'm i am predator trapping to help the turkeys but i'm also trapping because i like to trap right uh
3: yeah i wouldn't do i don't think so I, it
2: just kind of all played in together in the last few years that property has got a lot better
3: one thing brady always preaches is like If you're going after predators, like going after them with a shotgun sometimes isn't the best option. Sometimes going after them with a chainsaw or, yeah. or something like that yeah. is. But not saying you need to cut coons up with a chainsaw. But, <laughs> but, but you, like, as far as... Everybody was thinking that. Yeah, me. I know. I know that's what... As soon there, as I said I was like, no, I gotta clarify.
2: There's a Land and Legacy podcast and it's uh, Steel Over Steel and they're talking specifically about instead of spending your entire February trapping coons mm-hmm. or trapping coyotes go in and do habitat work to create better habitat for deer and turkey versus trying to only kill predators because your
3: time is going to be exponentially increased your time spent
2: your time spent building habitat is better off than your time spent trapping uh and i agree with that the best thing is if you can find
3: time to do both
2: to do both or you do one thing and somebody's doing another you know everybody kind of because i mean guys that are big in the trapping are running all i mean they're covering some serious ground so if you can get a guy to come trap your farm while you're TSIing in it or, or clear cutting or burning or whatever you're doing, yeah, I mean, that's the best of both worlds, but yeah, I also, I want to chime in and say
1: that, make sure everybody knows I am 100% for the habitat improvement.
2: Yeah, I, wasn't. I was, I, just, to I was <laughs> just, I was
1: just reflecting back on how my season went and what I saw. That's why I brought that up in the conversation tonight. Like I do practice the, all the habitat improvement myself. Right. That's just what I saw this season, and I just, it stood out to me, because it wasn't just one place. It was every place I can hunt, and like I hunt several different places. It was just...
0: And the reality is, Nick's just scaring birds off his property. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder why they're always on the neighbors. Very very (laughs) possible. If you
2: want to be a really good turkey hunter, you got to get a funky chicken decoy. Everybody knows that. Yeah,
4: (laughs) get it and set it on fire. (laughs) It it cost us a Rio.
2: (laughs) I knew that fire, Kimberly. Speaking of Kimberly not saying much, last year you pushed out a bunch of cedars. Uh, and planted clover. Mm-hmm. I thought, didn't you plant something else over there at the little? Um, no, it's spot clover or... and
4: chicory. Clover, mixed. chicory. Yeah, that's what I did. How's that looking?
2: I went through everything.
4: Uh, be honest, Carter. I haven't been back there. <laughs> but he's on, got two
1: kids. He's busy. I know yeah.
4: Busy. Uh, yes, very true. On my dad's, where I was tonight, um, which was a this is a third year clover plot, and. Uh, Don't hit the fucking table. (laughs) uh, But you know, and uh, it is so. I did not put any seed down this spring like I have in the past too. Um, You and me did the original work out there. We put down clover, and it came up, and uh, it came up pretty decent that first year. And then last year I went in and overseeded it like crazy, and then I mowed it all last year. Mowed it four or five times I think last summer and it was beautiful it was awesome and the deer weren't using that area as much as I thought they would which was kind of a bummer because I feel like when it was in tall grass they used it for bedding and everything and I was bedding. Like, man that kind of you know that kind of sucked well I went out there this year and the field is probably 85 percent thick nasty clover just so thick you can't walk through it <laughs> yeah and then it's got it's got um, you know tall grass kind of sprouted up you know just patchy you know but it makes it it makes it look really thick. Mm-hmm. So this year I mowed the inside half to the wood the wood side of that, and then right in front of where I have a blind um, where I set up, and uh, and that's what I plan to mow and I'm gonna let the rest let grow back up and kind of be what it is. Nice. Yeah, that's my thought. Um, just because I didn't see. The deer hanging out in there is, you know, like they were in years past. They would come through there, nibble, move on. And, uh, but, um, yeah, so that's what I've decided to do there. Hopefully, I make some time and I can get out and look at those other plots. I will tell you one thing in the front plot, I don't think I talk. I might have talked about this on the podcast in the Barstool Bucks, but um, I sprayed a mix of glyphosate, 204D, and then some kind of. Ground clear, kill everything. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Your children's kill, Children will have cancer to from to try playing in that try dirt. And, <laughs> to, try, to try and kill some... I don't know the correct term, but lespedeza. Yeah, Ceresa Secre- lespedeza. lespedeza.
2: It's a real booger, and that property has a bunch of it.
4: Had a bunch of it, and uh, still does have some of it, but my gosh, you can see it is definitely reduced. Nice. But um, yeah, that ground stayed... Dirt for eight or nine months, and I was Holy getting cow, pretty worried boy. anything was ever going to grow in it again. Well, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> radiation? <I> actually, <laughs> it was bad. I think you
2: actually disc it up tonight, didn't you?
4: Uh, it got disc a few weeks ago, okay. or a week ago. I'm sorry. I was. That,
2: we were talking. We talked about this, and it. I don't even know what our topic is right now, but we're just talking. <laughs> we were talking about trying to get rid of that, and this. Because and the reason Cerise said Lespedeza is so hard to get, I think the the seed stays in the in the soil for like fifteen years or something. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. It's also something what I've heard. ignorant. Yeah. Uh, I went, a... I was at a Prairie Fort Conservation Area, and there was a lady that they're like, they they basically manage the soil to be a prairie, right? And basically that stuff is so hard to get rid of because the seed stays there forever. So Kimry put this god awful chemical that he mixed up and and smoked out the living plant, but as soon as you disk it in work the ground, well, whatever was dead where before is just like, all right, cool, and it comes back up. So that's why it's, it's such a nightmare to get rid huh. of. And that's a, that's a never winning
0: What winning about cycle. a burn? Does a burn do anything for it?
2: Uh, I think the burn kills, would kill the living plant, but I think the seed is just there. And it's and not in the ground, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest thing would be like, kill it, and I'm not a, there's other guys that are way more educated, but like any plant that, goes to seed if you can manage it be prior to it maturing and seeding out then you're not putting more seed on the ground. Well that's what I'm kind of and, trying and to and do. so what I
4: dissed tonight was um you know I, um and no the listeners aren't going to understand this but that that shape is kind of in a that field is kind of kind of like a big L shape when yeah. the seeders sit in the middle. And we put the uh, dove plot out front, the sunflowers and stuff like that. That was the only part that got dust. Everything else was left alone and not dust. So that's why I was out there spraying again yep. tonight. Keep it and down. and um, I have a buddy who's getting me um, some Roundup Ready soybeans. Because um, Jaron, I believe, yeah. is the one that talked you to us. He was like, put the soybeans in it. and then just keep spraying it yep. over and over and over again. You know. And so that's been my plan for this. Yeah, that's, we, that's, that's what going we were forward. talking about yeah, last that's fall. A, that's the... What I'm trying to make happen
2: I think that's a good yeah good plan or yeah to keep keep that stuff not I've out.
4: heard the and Legacy guys talk about that as well you yeah. know they you know you put in a, a roundup ready crop and then you just keep spraying keep it, it. Yep. yeah just to get, get rid of the invasives
0: well Carter you you like Nick inspired me to do clover this year as well i had been doing a, a blended food plot um, for the last couple of years so these plots had already been established there was open soil and so I went with the, the third option, which is you went in the fall, and Nick, you went in July to you know, plant your clover. I planted my clover in March. That's and perfect. Perfect time. perfect time. I planted it right before a snow, actually. Yeah. Um, That's and s- how so frost seeding supposed to work. Optimal. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, oh, <laughs> perfect. So, so optimal. If you're, from what Carter says, if you're looking for optimal planting, you want to do it on open soil before a snow in March and uh this year um so far now it's uh it's May almost June you know I've seen I've got a lot of good clover coming up and uh you know I've got a little bit of winter rye that it's battling from from last fall but I've been mowing it and uh I'm really seeing some good results just in the first year, but it's not thick. It's not, you know, it's big. It's not big. You can definitely tell it's in the beginning stages, but yeah, it'll get. We, we've got until September. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I don't that's know true. what it'll. And do. I don't think,
2: like we've all, we, me, Nick, and Casey all talked about, like how rank and thick that clover is. I mean, it's cool and looks good, but I think as far as like a turkey and quail standpoint, if you got a little bit of bare dirt and some clover, like a a quail and a quail chick are itty bitty so and turkey chicks are a little bitty too like if they've got bare dirt where they can buzz around and get to stuff and there's still bugs growing in the clover i i think that that is really ideal uh and that's the back to talking about like brooding and habitat like they'll disc up like disc up clover plots or disc up a part of a field and then let it get like where it's not so thick uh, and and chicks can run around through there, and then they can still get to insects, uh, and that's okay. that's the secret.
0: You right. have to put a camera over that. And see yeah. the- it.
2: In- insects are the are the biggest thing for for quail and turkey babies. They yeah. have to. I yeah. forgot what the number is, but it's an it's an insane amount of, of protein that uh the insects have that that p- poults have to eat in a in a day's time to to stay active or healthier and in, in to survive it's so you're growing you're growing clover but you're growing insects in your clover and that's the, you're
0: growing the, the, insect habitat yeah yeah, yeah. realistically right. yeah. Um, in a
2: weird way yeah
3: so just uh from a pretty ignorant person me uh, but <laughs> i mean how often he finally uh, says it <laughs> how often uh I mean, do you see deer, like, really eat your clover plots down to where they, you know, even if they're not, like, the most thick, lush plot, how often do those deer eat those clover plots down to where they're almost nothing and, and to where you need it to be more, you know, thicker? It looks, because in my, like, untrained eye, it would seem like it was, it would be look good to the human eye, but n- the deer wouldn't necessarily have to have it that dense and lush. For it to be, you know, still super productive. I got a
4: low deer population out at Dad's. There's not a whole bunch of deer out there, and I've got probably between an eighth and a quarter of an acre, and they kept like I stopped mowing it. I think at the end of July, and it grew up pretty good, and then it was just. It seemed like when I went out there at like the end of October, it was just like it pretty flattened. You know, I mean, it was it was. There's still clover, obviously, but I mean, it was lower. You know, you could tell. Yeah, and
1: healthier plant, more nutrients. I don't know is that something yeah, I that can haven't be I haven't
2: seen a clover. And you have to think about you said in July, clover doesn't grow in the summer. It's a cool season, or it's a, it grows in the spring and it grows in the fall. So it's gonna kind of like lay low and stay dormant mm-hmm. in those hot months. So. You don't, you, have to, you like, will mow it in the spring and then it kind of hangs out in the summer. And then you probably, I always try to mow mine like right before deer season because I think it makes it like more tender and new growth. Right. But I have yet to see a clover plot like get, like if you plant beans or, or sunflowers we were talking about, mm-hmm. they'll mow them down and then it's gone. Right. But clover can get mowed down and then it just, it just keeps growing. Pops so it don't really, up. I haven't seen one like my, my plot uh, at the neighbors was, was pretty, It's getting pretty hit. (laughs) Like when I come back from Texas and and like put a camera on it, there was like eight or nine does out there, and it's only like maybe a quarter acre. And they were keeping her slicked up pretty good, but uh, it's it's starting now that we've had some rain, and Mm -hmm. and it's starting to grow. Especially this cold snap's probably really nice for it. It's starting to get where they're not mowing it down as much, but Hmm. and there's Hmm. there's a lot of better plots too. I just I like clover, so
0: right. Yeah, it seems like it goes really good. I think a lot of times it's dependent <laughs> on, you know, what habitat you're planting your food plots in. So if you're in big timber and you're planting a clover plot in the middle of that, it's probably going to get torn down pretty quick. But if you're heavy ag area, that's, you know, they got yeah, other food wrong, to eat. Huh? Very much. So yeah. it kind of yeah. saves the clover a little bit more. Um, in well, yeah. type of Whenever,
2: areas. man, they're, everybody and their brother's planting right now, they're gonna they're gonna leave those clover plots alone, they're gonna go eat every little bean they can, and then the beans are gonna get to, you know, three, four leaf stage and they're gonna leave them alone, they'll come back to it, but they keep bouncing around. We don't eat the same meal every night either, right. so yeah. I, deer the same way.
0: I think it's interesting what you said, and I agree with you, is, uh, and, and I don't have any experience based off just what I've heard and read, is that, you know, that kind of, fresh clover is what they prefer.
2: I think it helps. Uh, I, I think it they like it better, but but we were talking about letting it get taller and ranker. Uh, Kimry knows up north, you help plant it. Um, that clover plot across the creek. Yep. Well, you might get across the creek all summer long, and you might get across the creek never. Right. <laughs> so we planted that plot in the spring and did not. Then it rained or whatever, and we couldn't get back there to mow it. And that That was last year, I think. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, because I feel like this last fall, I was hunting that plot, and it was clover about a foot tall, but all the other weeds that kind of fought through got, like, almost chest high, and it was kind of a weird diversity of plants. But the deer got into that, like, in the evenings if he hunted it, it used to be a, they'd come through, eat on it, and kind of mosey on. But I think since it was so tall, they would just, like, hang out in there. I had a buck a pretty good deer but he'd come out on the far end and he he popped out would eat walk towards me and then he would just bed down and kind of hang out and then he would eat some more and then walk around so he didn't really seem to care that it was tall i think he kind of liked it more like casey was saying there was just more brushiness around it that he felt more safe in it and he he would eat and, and use it kind of as a food and bedding so i don't know
0: and then uh when you do mow um do you mow right before rain typically
2: i try to try to not mow before it's hot basically but we all talked about how busy we are so i mow when i have time to mow of course uh, but
4: and last year like like carter was alluding to earlier like you know clover don't really grow in the summer mine was still growing at somewhat when i was mowing it because i was still mowing it trying to keep the white tops from popping you know to keep it like we've talked about when it's growing it's the most um, palatable to the deer or whatever, you know. And so I was mine was still growing up, it seemed like, until I stopped mowing it. And, okay. and like yeah. kept coming, you know, I whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so but.
0: like um for me as a as a person that just put out a, a frosty of this clover. It's coming up decent but it's not real thick. Um, you know, we're getting into these later months, July and August. Should I be mowing it in those Months, or should I just kind of let it do its thing as long as the weeds are kind of uh, being maintained with yeah. like clethidum or something like that?
2: I'd mow the weeds,
0: yeah.
1: I would mow, mow the, the clover,
2: mow
0: it high, Kill. Mow it, chop, yeah. chop the weeds
2: off. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't uh, scalp
0: it. Like, I. are uh, you
2: mowing it with like a finish mower?
0: Well, um, these plots are pretty small and they are in my backyards, right. so uh. I'm mowing with a lawnmower. I yeah. <laughs> I would like next if, if there's a if there's like, like a patch that has grass in it,
2: mow that patch. You don't have to mow the whole plot, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of keep your weeds, keep your weeds under control is all you're doing. The clover either grow taller or to grow short, you know.
0: So when's the best time to you you spray for just um, grass specific herbicide?
2: I try to like it, spray it in the spring and then usually if I spray it once, it'll kind of keep them at dormant and then usually mm-hmm. Sometimes in the fall it just depends on if you keep it mowed up. I don't I know
1: Jordan was spraying his about
2: two, three weeks ago.
1: Yeah. As That's he was getting probably, out there and
2: he's got a he's got a beautiful clover plot himself. Yeah. I tried to spray mine but I did, I sprayed it about two weeks ago and then I let it die and then I mowed it down just to get it kinda out of the way and then it's already it looks like shit once you first mow it with all the tall grass dead or whatever, but give it a few days and it'll come back through spray it wait a couple days mow it yeah well something like that yeah actually the stuff i spray with and i don't know if all the grass specific herbicide works the same way um but the stuff i spray with takes like 13 days to actually kill the grass because it somehow like kills it from the inside out me and jordan were talking about that
1: yeah he sent me some stuff to get to spray it but i was like i'm gonna try to mow it first
2: but I waited until it, so I give it like a week and a half or two weeks, and then it, when it would start to die, then I uh, sprayed it. Basically to let my chemical do its job and then mow it down. But
0: It sounds like kind of you can't go works. wrong mowing it as, as long as you just pick the right times.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, Luther, we had a really good plot up north, and you're asking like when to mow it. We mowed, it got real rank and nasty, so we, we do a lot of mowing up there just for access for the farmers and everything else. We mowed the plot and it was too thick and kind of like matted itself out and then we didn't get no rain and it killed it out uh, this year. We walked to that plot by the park and there's... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's dead. (laughs) So don't do that. Uh, But I think as long as you're mowing it with a lawnmower.
0: Well, does anybody else have any interesting uh, projects they are working towards uh, for this upcoming summer deer season? Uh, I see somebody's raising his hand. Uh, Travis, uh, what's got? What do you got going on? Well, it
3: ain't about deer season, all right. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> folks. No, if you like ducks,
0: here we go. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I got a good opinion on this. So I've got a high lift coming to my place in like two weeks to push out a bunch of my uh, hackberries that I've got because you can't. I mean, I'm not gonna be able to cut them all down. Um, but they're big. Yeah, they're huge, and there's a lot of them. So I'm just gonna take a high lift in there and push them all over burn them, and then there's also a big, uh, I live up on top of a pretty tall hill, and uh, there's a drainage that goes down through there, my wife wants uh, a fish pond, so that we have a place to go fishing on our place, which, fine, whatever, I mean, in my opinion, I got a million places, you know, a million ponds that you can fish, but below that, I'm putting uh, just like a a three foot dike up, and I'm putting a, a drain valve in both of them. So that in the summertime, I can leave both the or the drain valve and the bottom one open, and plant it and 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 or or milo or, or right. you know something. Yeah. I'm gonna I've got uh, some conservation trees on the way that uh, I've got uh, oh some pin oaks, some white oaks, and then uh, oh, cypress. some cypress. cypress. Yeah, I got some oh. cypress coming, and uh, I'm gonna plant those around it, and then in the summertime leave the bottom one open plant it with you know whatever makes seed you know maybe just let some nut sedge get in there or, or uh you know some duckweed or, or something like that and then right before uh the end of summer like maybe first or second week of august shut the bottom valve and start creeping that top valve open and let it start filling up, and then in teal season it probably won't be worth much. But I'm gonna let it creep up, and then that way I'll have plenty of bugs and stuff in there. And in early season, maybe kill some, maybe kill some birds in there. And then in late season, there ought to be plenty of food in there. And I've seen I've got another kind of crappy pond in front of my house that I'm gonna end up draining probably, uh, but it I've seen mallards on it. And if there's mallards on it, then they're flying over, and that's all I need. There you go. So that's cool um, nice. I'm super excited about that because I've never had a place where I could actually drain water to and yeah. and all that. So that's super exciting for me. You were that's talking a about putting project. valves in.
2: Yeah. We can. It's gonna freeze. So you right. can just put like an outdoor hydrant because it won't freeze. You can bury it. Freeze proof.
4: Smart man, right
2: there. I like the way you think, Carter. But
1: how many lakes out there have those little valves on the bottom of it? Ours does. It
2: just got a ball valve. Just got a ball valve at the bottom. Don't freeze.
1: Huh. it froze one time and busted, and we could never keep water in the lake. And had an old man that built, helped build the lake, said, "I know what the problem is." Came out there, popped a new valve on it. Hasn't froze since. Used to have a straw bale sitting on it 20 years ago.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Well, that would probably help too. Yeah. I it, it, like it hasn't day for day 20 years, so. Yeah, but I got, I got something where uh, we just enlisted our property. Um, it's roughly thirty acres, ten acres of it is tillable, and we enlisted it in CRP. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice, That's cool. I've wanted to do it for a long time. Finally pulled the trigger. All right. Uh, so at least the next five years, uh, it's gonna be growing up in some native grasses and see what that does that'd be awesome so cool. got I mean, my clover plot nestled in the middle of it and with my new house i'm building i can sit right on my back deck nice and hunt my clover plot crp and my one acre food plot is going to be right out the back door so
2: know where i'm spending saturday see, <laughs> gun season see see, see,
1: what see what happens i'm excited about that the, the, whole, the whole grass is i, I feel like deer like those CRP fields.
2: Oh yeah
4: Uh, they definitely do. do.
1: Me and
2: Casey were just talking about that when I bought this place there's three tillable acres and the farmers basically paid nothing and I talked to Jordan about the pollinator plot and I was like man I don't know if I'm going to commit locking my farm into something for that many years but I think that next year that's the plan is to just put three acres of pollinator plot leave my clover at the bottom so it'll be like two and a half acres but just do the pollinator plot and, yep. and give them give me somewhere to live instead of me messing around with disking it up every year and hoping something grows to eat. Just give them a, give them a nice bedroom.
4: Yeah, I don't really have any big habitat project going on this year just because I'm so busy, but I do got... I have some out-of-town buddies coming in for Missouri's rifle season. Uh-oh. And we have a lease together now. A new one? no it's the one if you all will remember i picked up a lease halfway through the year okay last year and i got that lease at half price because we were already halfway through the deer season nice and that was something i couldn't afford at the time the full price of it to have three leases all right and so i talked to my one buddy from georgia who um, i went to college with and he's been hounding me about he's like man if you find a lease he's like let me know you know and we'll figure it out we'll figure it out we'll figure it out so him and another buddy have both gone in on it, and they've been wanting to come to Missouri and hunt deer for years, and they're both from the south. And so they're coming up this year, so I'm in charge of, you know, getting stands hung, <laughs> putting people in good places, and, and, you know, I'm a bounce around kind of guy. kind of do what the deer are doing, you know, but uh, that's not really going to be an option for these guys because it's kind of reverting back to, I know a lot of us, that's when it, we're I younger, those... we set stands, and where you were, I don't so much do that anymore, but i um, going to have to get on top of it with some of that and hopefully hopefully have some success for those guys. I am um, I feel a little stressed about it. Be you, you know be guide for, service. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, mean, like I, mean, I thought we were friends with them
2: boys, but I, I guess not. Never <laughs> <laughs> <right? laughs> hear anything about hey, a lease?
4: No hey, no, no, no. hey, I tried. I tried to get, tried to get the 573 lease. We didn't get that. We never got to no hey, call back. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that wish, would have been a good spot. And kind of oh, no, cool. still looking for but it, I'm gonna talk about that after off yeah. the radio here. <laughs> but no, that uh, I am excited about it because uh, you know I've I've been out of college for um, 16 years now, and that was the last time I seen those guys. Captain, <laughs> wow. that's kept in fun. contact through the phone, but you know haven't right. haven't uh, made a chance to hang out. So I'm excited. Casey's for them to come not the up. youngest
1: one here either.
0: No,
4: no, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, guys, um, you know, it looks like we've got a lot of good things to look forward to as the season progresses. So I'm really excited to see, you know, what's in store for us this summer and and working into the fall. And we're definitely going to keep everybody up to date on how that goes. Um, But, you know, before we jump off here, I just wanted to say, you know, these were our opinions. You know, we're not not experts. And so if you made it this far, we didn't piss you off enough to shut it off. We appreciate you because you understand that that's what it is. And, you know, it it has to be a conversation that needs to be had when it comes to turkeys. And uh, so we we appreciate you guys sticking around for that. And I'd love to hear your all's feedback about, you know, what was said on this podcast, whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, what your guys' ideas are. Um, You know, we're just talking about our opinions. We do have plans to get experts on and, and talk more about that in the future. But um, that's all i got for today, folks. Do you guys have anything before we jump off here?
2: i got a whole other topic we didn't talk about, but we might save it for another podcast. Podcast number two, coming up <laughs>
0: in five minutes. <laughs> all right, well, uh, you can give Goodbye. us a teaser, Carter. What, what's it regarding?
2: Um, we were just talking about the the land management and the, the turkeys, and MDC changed their trapping rules, or there's season dates, uh, and now there's like an early trapping season, which I think should will help with the predator population, uh, but we might discuss all that maybe next year on a trapping podcast.
3: Or better yet, uh, we need to go uh, interview our buddy. Um,
2: Doran. Yeah. yeah. Bring that up and uh, just kind of, I think that's a, a good thing they did, uh, just to get I don't think it's going to get many more people out there trapping, but just to try to knock those nest predators down uh, would be really good to help our turkeys out. So I meant to bring that up, kind of forgot about side note.
0: No, I think that's great. I think, you know, a lot of people tend to focus on the habitat side of things. We did touch on the predator side of things. I'm glad you brought up the fact that, you know, Missouri has extended the predator season so that we can, the trapping season, so that we can, uh, you know, hopefully benefit from that for their prey, whether it be quail. Or rabbits, uh, rabbit 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 or, uh, <laughs> or, uh, or turkeys you know and yeah so, definitely
2: there's and it's a whole it's a whole circle it's not just well we need to trap more coons or or we need to burn more you know burn more landscape or or open more canopy it's it's a little bit everything so
0: yeah and we don't we can't do it all we don't expect ourselves or anyone else to do it all but Making those strides and, and those directions I think is the most important thing and that's why we have been so on top of it this year more than anything. I think we've talked about habitat management and predator control more than we have in the past. Yeah.
2: And for anybody that listened to us talk about habitat management, if you listen to the Land Legacy Land and Legacy podcast, uh, those guys are are that's what they do they're land consultants and they have i learned a lot from listening to their podcast i know brady listens to their podcast a lot and that's kind of our what there are references when we try to manage uh our northern property that we get to hunt and i think that those guys kind of have a really good handle on everything if people are listening to us kind of like well you all touch the topic but we want to talk about more than clover plots sure uh, those guys have a lot to offer so yeah, and they're then, a good listen, and you should listen to us too.
0: Yeah, and they're from Missouri. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Good guys. Too. Yeah, and so. they
2: travel the world or the the U.S. doing this stuff, so they could they have a, a, a good broad area, not just what we see here, kind of in Central Missouri. So, yeah, give them guys a plug.
0: Well, any anything else, guys? Um, there was one guy. Uh,
3: dang it, I, I'm I'm looking for him right now. Uh, on Facebook, he he has like a. It's kind of like a land and legacy th- stuff, but he, he talks about. Oh, it's called the Native Habitat Project. Is he um, on TikTok? He I don't know if he's on TikTok. He's on Facebook. And, <laughs> TikTok.
2: And uh, well, there's a na- there's like a, there's a habitat guy on TikTok, and I like stumbled. A- that's him. Yes, my that's boy. Yep, yeah. Dude, and he, he talks about that guy is good. What's his name? Uh, I, don't I don't know what his name is,
3: but uh, it's just called the Native Habitat yeah. Project on Facebook. I- I like that guy. he has a lot of, like, really cool videos and and really cool... um, He converted his backyard from a mowed fescue
2: patch, like everybody in America has, to native landscape. He's from Alabama. And I'm like, dude, that's fucking sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm going to sell my lawnmower. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that, but you know what? Yeah. Yeah. that guy's good I like that guy Yeah. no, uh, no but, mowing no spraying well, yeah like he, the, he does uh, no picture. mow
3: may or something like that and he doesn't mow his lawn all, all during may to give uh, um, insects and stuff uh, you know uh, st- like flowers and stuff that they can pull pollen off of yep. and, and all sorts of really cool stuff but he does um, a ton of different stuff I just saw him on Facebook thought he was cool gave yes, him a shout
2: he's on out TikTok too. got good videos
0: yep all right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, definitely, you know, give us your feedback. What's up? Freaking electro
3: lightning yeah. behind
4: me. <laughs> lo- uh, Like big close,
3: lightning.
2: Outside. Close it out. <laughs> <laughs> big <laughs> the lightning <storm> <laughs> The podcast that never ends. All right, folks.
0: <laughs> it uh, looks like the storm's rolling in, so we're going to get off here. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Please reach out. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear it. And that's how we do it on the 573.
1: Booyah.